Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode 33 of the Take a Swig podcast. This is Swig, and we're back. We're getting geared up for the 2023 NFL season. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the three rookie quarterbacks taken with the first four picks in this year's draft for Carolina, Houston, and Indy. And they're all going to be week one starters. Two of them have been officially announced. The third one, it's only a matter of time. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about which quarterback we think is most set up for success in year one and which one we think has the best opportunity to succeed down the road. Before we get into that, I have Blake with me. Blake, my guy, how you doing, man? It's good to be back on here. Oh, yeah, definitely great. Uh, I'm doing good, man. It's been too long since we sat down and talked about this game that we love called football. It has been a while, although we do talk about it a little bit indirectly, or at least not on pod when we do Immaculate Grid every day. True. I, I've been loving that. This is, like, way better than Weddle for me. Dude, and I like Weddle a lot. And You got to try that draftal game that I just saw last night. But the, I love the grid, man. I, I just – I live for doing trivia like that. It just makes me feel like uh, being an obsessive sports nerd my whole life might actually be worth something now. Right. Uh, I'm in the middle of doing the draft one. I got the easy mode done. Uh, kind of stumped on the hard one right now. Gotcha. Well, I'll, I did it earlier. I won't spoil it, but it's definitely a player you've heard of. Like, he's, he's a starter in the NFL now. Oh, okay. So it's, it's not – don't overthink it too much. But Yeah, I definitely have been overthinking it. But the um, but yeah, and the grid for football, like I do the baseball and hockey and basketball ones. I'm not as good at basketball for sure, uh, but I usually do pretty well. I found two different sites with hockey ones, and we all know how much I love it. So I, I spend way too much of my time each day doing them, but that's okay. Hey, man, it helps me out a lot to do those grids on my, like, lunch break at work. It just makes my day a little bit better. Makes it does help, right? 12-hour shifts a little bit better. Do you, Are you at least working the four days now instead of five like you were supposed to? Yeah, but it's more hours. I'm roughly, it's about the, I guess it's the same as working five days, but... Fair enough. Well, how long do you think it'll be until your daughter can help you help us do the grids? I'm hoping just like a, another two years, probably. I'm excited for when she gets one for us. Right? Like, I, I, she's picking up on stuff, so I'm hoping to have her, you know, with me on Sundays watching football, absorbing as much as possible. Can't wait to make her a Giants fan. Good luck. You know, my team is winning now. It's going to be really exciting for her really early on. Well, uh, just watch out in case she gets really spoiled early and then becomes insufferable when the Chiefs are bad when Mahomes retires. It's giving me flashes of Colts fans. See, that's exactly what I was thinking of. And uh, us living here, maybe we're a little biased as two fans of not the Colts in Indiana. But, um, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Well, I mean, come on. They had two great quarterbacks back-to-back and have been dog shit since those two have left. Uh, how about the year in between when it was Curtis Painter? I loved Curtis Painter for some fucking reason. I have no idea why. You are probably the only one. Dude, I, I don't know what it was about him, but I love picking him in Madden and watching him play. That's weird. That, that's just weird, man. I'm not I'm not even going to – I'm not even going to be – I can't I have, support you on that. I have weird 
uh, was it affinities for like obscure Colts players just being in Indiana? Well, that's fine, but why that one? He's just notoriously trash. I, you know me, Swick. I've always rooted for the underdogs. Okay, well, you know what? That's a that's a different can of worms. But uh, it's it's uh, funny to bring up the Colts for two reasons, since a lot of our listeners are Colts fans, and also because they're one of the teams we're going to be talking about in this episode. So I, I guess I'll just get straight to it. Uh, which one of these three guys do you feel like is best set up for the now? For year and- one, for I I gotta say I'm not I don't love the setup for any of them, but. I think by default, I have to give it to Bryce Young in Carolina because the Panthers and the NFC South as a whole is kind of shit. And the AFC South with Houston and Indy has a clear favorite in Jacksonville. And I do think that just by that metric, that because the Panthers at least have a better chance, in my opinion, to win their division or make noise in it than the Texans or Colts do, I would think Bryce Young has the best chance to succeed week or year one. Yeah, I, I totally get where you're saying i just feel like now they have a very interesting situation in carolina i love the coaching staff there's some very interesting young prospects around young but i feel like based off the potential scheme and the weapons that he has year one i have to go with richardson i just feel like statistically he's going to be the best out of these three he might not have the winning percentage but i i feel like on paper he's gonna have the best season out of these three i do agree that richardson would have the best group of skill guys although honestly that's a pretty low bar yeah three groups uh, no offense intended i do think that richardson is the least pro ready right this second but also i do like him a lot i don't mean that as an insult and i think that while there's obviously going to be growing pains for any rookie quarterback, I do think they there might be a little bit more of an extreme with him just because of being a one-year starter at Florida and the relative lack of experience that he has compared to the others. But he also has the 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 raw tools, the physical traits that everyone, including myself to an extent, are just drooling over. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what he can do. But in, in terms of winning percentage, I, I would think Bryce Young would have the best chance just because – like we said, I mean, the NFC South has four very hard to hard to peg teams in it. I don't think any of them are a guarantee to win more than seven or eight games. Yeah, definitely. The NFC South is across the board just a wash. Right. And, and then the AFC South, if Jacksonville stays healthy, I feel like they are miles ahead of the other three teams right now. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Jacksonville has clearly separated themselves this at the end of last season because Tennessee I just I don't even know how to describe that situation it got bad fast it really did and then Traylon Burks has an injury now thankfully they avoided the worst case there but he I believe he's going to miss at least a couple weeks to start the season the Titans did end up with DeAndre Hopkins continuing the bizarre trend of good wide receivers fucking the end of their careers up in Tennessee which is a surprisingly long list but Going back to the teams we're talking about today uh, for today's episode real quick. So uh, I'll read off the, the – I'm going to just mention the skill guys. I'll start with Carolina because Young was the first pick, right? So they have Frank Reich as a new coach, and all three teams here that we're going to talk about, them, Houston, Indy, all have a new coach, new offensive coordinator. 
And in Carolina's case, Frank Reich is the coach. Thomas Brown is the offensive coordinator. You mentioned some of the staff hires that you like. I like them too with uh, Averro as the defensive coordinator, although he's not really too relevant to this discussion today. But you got Deuce Staley on the staff. I think Josh McCown's on the staff. I'm excited for that. But in terms of the actual weapons that Bryce Young has around him, Miles Sanders and Chubba Hubbard in the backfield, uh, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark at wide receiver, throw LaVisca Chenault, Shai Smith in there maybe, Terrace Marshall, and then Hayden Hurst at tight end. I would not uh, call that an inspiring group. You you left out Jonathan Mingo. I did. You're right. I apologize for that. Rookie second round pick. I do like Mingo. I'm curious to see what he can do, but – no disrespect intended, but I still don't think that really changes the equation a ton here for him. No, he's just the player I'm most excited about in that offense. He's He kind of reminds me of LaVisca Chenault a lot in terms of second-round pick, who I think is at his best when, after he makes the catch, his ability as a runner. Like I really like LaVisca Chenault's tape at Colorado when it was him running with the ball in his hands. He was looking like a running back. I think Mingo's kind of like that too. I, I like the physical traits. Definitely. I, I see the comparison. I, I, yeah, I'd like to see more from Chanel. I think Mingo will be able to do more. Hopefully maybe they both find a role in this offense. Well, I think it'll obviously be Mingo because Chanel was traded for by the last regime. Even Terrace Marshall, who I'll admit, I was very high on a couple of years ago, and he hasn't really worked out yet. Another second-round pick at wide receiver, by the way. Uh, his role in the offense is probably going to be pretty limited. I think Shai Smith was a round two or three pick himself. Could be I'm, wrong on that. But, I think it was three or four, I want to say. Yeah, it sounds right. I don't think he was second. I think he was third. But a lot of day two guys in the wide receiver room, and I don't think any of them outside of Mingo, since he was drafted this year by this, uh, I, I guess the – I guess this staff, I know the, the front office hasn't had a ton, like quite the same turnover as Matt Rule had before this, right? But anyway, that, that group of skill position guys does not exactly scream great offense to me. I, I don't think it's the worst thing ever, but you have a lot of relatively high floor, relatively low ceiling guys in that group. So it just limits the upside for Bryce Young in year one. Yeah, definitely. There's nobody that's going to, like, jump off the page. Like, I, I, I probably see the leading receiver on this team having, like, seven, 800 yards. Like, I don't even see him having, like, a 1,000-yard receiver. I, I, I think I agree with that, honestly. I think that's a really good place to put it. I just – feeling if he stays healthy – I'm not even trying to insult him. I just – He's 32. He has had a pretty good amount of injuries in recent years. I think he's a really good mentor to have. And I'm not saying he's not useful at all on the football field anymore. That's not true. But if he's your number one, that which right now I would say he is, that's a bottom tier number one wide receiver. Oh, yeah, for sure. That might be bottom five. Yeah. I mean, now he's had some great years in Minnesota, and I think he's a fun player to watch, like the route running. Like there's a lot he can teach these young wide receivers because, and, and you can throw DJ Chark in there too. If he can stay on the field, he's got a different skill set that he brings to the table, but both of them have uh, different strengths that they specialize at, and they should be able to be a good veteran presence for these younger guys who, and hopefully for Carolina will a develop long-term and be help step in and fill the role that DJ Moore, they, they have to fill a void for him with him going to Chicago in that trade. Yeah. Uh... I definitely think DJ Moore is going to be replaced in terms of like 
two, three guys making up for his production. I don't see anybody being able to step up into like a true number one role like that. And asking any of the rookies or second year guys to do it who weren't even drafted to be that is pretty ridiculous. Anyway, maybe best case for Carolina Mingo becomes a number one in a year or two, but this year, not a chance in hell. Otherwise, the 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 Marshalls, the Smiths of the world there at their best is number three or four receivers anyway. So I, I would look at Carolina as a team that might be drafting a wide receiver or signing one in free agency next year. But I understand the approach they've taken for this year for now, just kind of a approach by numbers situation where you get quantity over quality to an extent. And I am also curious to see what kind of play design and uh, play caller Thomas Brown will end up being or how much Reich takes the reins on that because we know a lot of Colts fans who have strong feelings on Frank Reich, don't we? Yeah, definitely. For one, for better or worse. So that's a story for another episode, but that's kind of where they're at in terms of their skill position. And while I'm not inspired by the group, I, I'm not inspired by any of these groups, frankly, but I do think Carolina has the highest ceiling in year one, even though it's low of these three, just because their division is trash, frankly. But I also think there's a very real possibility the Panthers win three or four games. Yeah, they could win three, four games, be in a good position to draft Marvin Harrison mm. Jr., or they could win seven, eight, nine games, win the division, and fuck themselves. It's, it is it is a tricky ground. Now, maybe they'll have the draft capital. Oh, wait, no, they gave it all to Chicago. Oh, yeah. Do they even have the first round pick? No, they they traded two. They traded their first rounder next year and DJ Moore as part of that deal. I think there was a second rounder in there, too, but that might have been in this year's draft. I'd have to look it up. But no, they do not have a first round pick next year. So winning the division would be their best case scenario. It at least would limit the damage of the pick. Now, obviously, if Bryce Young were to work out, then... They will obviously deal with losing a first round pick for next year later. Like if they get a franchise, Ooh, yeah. that's obviously worth it, but it is pretty crazy how much they gave up or I mean, or at least how much of a swing that Carolina is taking here. Yeah, this, I mean, like if height wasn't a thing, like it'd be clear cut Bryce Young. It was like the next Trevor Lawrence or Andrew Luck. Yeah, and I honestly don't. Uh, maybe I'm biased as a short guy myself, and the fact that up until last year we saw Russell Wilson succeed for a while, I think the height thing is really overblown. So I, I do think he has a lot of talent. I think he can succeed long term, but I, I think, it, like most rookie quarterbacks, he's not exactly in the. Uh, he's not exactly going to the best team to start. So that's where I'm at with Carolina. I think higher floor, low ceiling, but I think all of these teams have a low ceiling for year one at least. Now we we go to Houston, who has C.J. Stroud. And just for the record, so Young has already been announced as the starter by Reich. The Colts announced that Richardson would start last week. Stroud has not officially been named the week one starter yet, but he's been the number one quarterback on every Texans depth chart so far, and that's clearly going to continue into the season. So I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and operate this, that he will be starting week one. And... Houston also has new coaching staff. Like I said, they have D'Amico Ryans. They have Bob Slowick, who came over from San Francisco as their offensive coordinator. And in terms of their main weapons around C.J. Stroud right now, 
There's Damian Pierce at running back. They're getting John Mechie, who missed last season with a leukemia scare. Good to see him back healthy, by the way. At wide receiver, Nico Collins as well. The, the Texans brought in Robert Woods, or I, I like to call him Bobby Trees, and they signed Dalton Schultz at tight end. So that, that's going to be their main group of skill guys for C.J. Stroud. Where, how do you feel about that? It's not a bad group. I mean, I, Mechie could be very exciting to see. Uh, I mean, Robert Woods, pretty good number two receiver. I, I like him a lot. I'm kind of curious to see what he still has left. And Nico Collins, he's an interesting prospect. Not quite sure what kind of role he'll be able to still have. And Dalton Schultz, I mean, that that just screams Texans tight end with the way he plays to me. What, is he reminding you of Owen Daniels? A little bit. Is it just because they're white? Now, partially, <laughs> yes. <laughs> now I get it. I mean, Schultz is a solid, I think, underrated tight end. He's had some good years in Dallas, so I don't think that's a bad I think that's a good security blanket for Stroud to have. And and going back to Carolina real quick, I don't think Hurst is the worst security blanket for Bryce Young either. But I also think that Hayden Hurst is more advanced in his career in terms of maybe have him there for a year or two. Schultz, I think, could be a longer term tight end for Houston than Hurst should be for Carolina. But I also think that's a pretty low bar and also not really that important of a distinction long term. I, I mean, I guess I I don't. I feel like if it's not like a top five tight end in the league, they just kind of bounce around these days. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I'd I'd have to give it a little bit more thought. I mean, Houston ha- has had they tried OJ Howard in uh, last year, didn't they? That didn't really stick. No, I mean. <laughs> I mean, you look at it kind of like the middle of the pack tight ends. Like, I mean, Darren Waller just got traded. Uh, well, and Darren Waller, middle of the pack? Well, I mean, he's not top five to me. Mm. I don't. I mean, I would, I would still say he's clearly, when he's healthy, an above average tight end and one of the best receiving ones. So, like, putting him in the same conversation as Hayden Hurst or Dalton Schultz is pretty disrespectful. Okay, closer to Schultz. Uh, I, I put Hayden Hurst kind of more of the bottom half, but all right, all right. So maybe CJ Uzama instead. Okay, yeah. Anyway, you know what? We're getting off topic. So the but well, I think Schultz would be honestly the most reliable skill guy outside of Damian Pierce right now for Houston because I do like him a lot, and he had a good rookie year. So I expect the Texans to at least have. A little bit in the run game. Now, obviously, all of these teams' offensive line is a big part of it as well. But just looking at a little bit more of a narrow view tonight, the wide receiver group. I Now, Robert Woods is a solid veteran, but he's had some injury problems like most guys in recent years. And at this stage, I think he's a number three at best. You want him out of the slot, obviously. The outside guys, like Nico Collins has the build of a traditional X receiver being 6'4". He has some leaping ability. He's fun. I'm curious to see what Mechie can do, but he's a complete wild card coming off of his illness recovery. I'd like to see him succeed. That is an extremely unproven wide receiver group at best there. I'm not saying there's no talent in it because there is. And the Texans ended up with Xavier Hutchinson late round in the draft this year. He was one of my sleepers. I expect him to have a role 
Yeah, maybe he'll come on later in the season. But again, same thing here. There's not a lot of upside for that skill group. Yeah. I mean, and Robert Woods is the only experienced one anyway. Yeah, that's... I mean, it's damn near the same thing as Carolina with Thielen. Yeah, pretty much. The only difference is Thielen is more experienced. Yeah, I mean, it's like the same thing, like a declining veteran receiver surrounded by completely inexperienced guys. Yeah, pretty much. That's all I got. And I think Houston, again, I like Tomiko Ryans a lot. He was a coaching dude, hire dude. that I like more than most of the others here in this coaching cycle. I think I actually had him as my favorite of the uh, coaching hires in the episode we did earlier this summer. But I still think upside is incredibly limited year one. And in terms of their record, the Texans defense is atrocious. I'm stuck on like, I, I'm just snow like in my head, like these are the, the same exact like offenses. Like you got a like, I don't know, top 10, top 15 running back, one older receiver surrounded by young guys with, a middle of the pack tight end with like, these are like the same offenses to me. Pretty much. The only place I'd give Houston the real edge is I do think Pierce is a better running back than Miles Sanders is at this stage. Yeah. 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 But, but yeah, I, I see your point. And I, again, with Jacksonville, I think the upside's pretty limited and we get to the Colts here. So that, that's the last one I want to talk about. We'll give that situation. I would say just because of Richardson's upside, this uh, he has the most, I guess, yeah, the highest ceiling to succeed long-term. A lot of it's because of his physical traits, and a lot of it is because he has a very young and athletic group of uh, skill position players. We can get into Jonathan Taylor briefly in a second because he's kind of a separate problem. But for now, Shane Steichen is the Colts' new head coach, came over from the Eagles, was their offensive coordinator. The Colts, of course, now have James Robert Vagina as their offensive coordinator, better known as Jim Bob Cooter. I'm going to call him that every time, so just be ready for it. And then in addition to Taylor, who may or may not be a cult for how much longer, who the hell knows, they have Kenyon Drake in the backfield now and wide receivers, Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce. They drafted Josh Downs, who I do like a lot in the second round this year. And tight end, they have Mo, Mo Ali Cox, Jelani Woods, both six, seven freaks. Yeah, Jelani Woods, definitely a freak. They were fun to watch on their college tape, at least. More like Mal Ali Cox, I remember being a basketball player at VCU back when, I think when they made a Final Four way back in the day. Could have that time frame a little wrong. but So you like Richardson the most year one. I like him more long term. What is it about, what, what do you like about the Colts? Maybe their skill guys, maybe their play callers, that you have them with the highest upside for this year, too. All right, just, yeah, based off of, I mean, like, you have somewhat established skill players like you know Pittman's had a couple years in Pierce is going into year two uh Morali Cox I feel like has been in the league forever uh Jonathan Taylor is very well established same with Kenyon Drake like you know these these are guys that can all kind of pick up where Richardson has his rookie miscues I feel like it's going to be the best kind of start out of the three just because of, like, having the experience around him on, like, all fronts versus the other guys just have, like, one guy to lean on. 
I think the Colts backfield is the most experienced for now. I, I, even Taylor is only a couple years in. Kenyon Drake's been around a while. They have Deion Jackson and Evan Hall they drafted this year. I might be forgetting somebody. Forgive me if I am, but I'm, I don't think they would have a huge role year one anyway. The wide receiver group, Pittman is a veteran at this point, but even he's only going into, what, his fourth season? I think he was drafted in the COVID year. You said Pierce was year two. I, I do think there's still some talent there, but I would say Pittman is a average to below average number one wide receiver. I still like him. Uh, I, I think he obviously has some upside being as young as he is, as talented, but I, I, there's obviously not an elite receiver in this group, at least not no. right Pierce has some upside. I like Josh Downs a lot. I was high on him. I think he is the rare guy that the Colts took this year who is more technique and skill right now than long-term upside and athletic, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I expect him to have a pretty good role out of the slot year one, but that, that's about that's about all I can say for them. I, I do like the long-term upside, but a lot of that is just because Richardson's ceiling is so crazy high. Yeah, and I, I for long term, I do want to go with Stroud. I feel like that team is the best setup to build moving forward. I do like Houston's upside a bit, although obviously they need to get a number one wide receiver for the long term as well. Maybe Mechie or Collins can grow into that, but that remains to be seen. That's at least kind of similar with Houston and Indy. Well, Carolina, their two best or most established receivers right now are Thielen and Shark, and they're both veterans who have reached their ceilings, I would say. So that's the the main. I am very curious to see. So the, the one difference with Houston compared to Carolina and Indy is their head coach is a defensive background in Ryan's while Reich and Steichen are offensive minds. So maybe that'll help these guys hit the ground running more. Maybe Bob Slowick in Houston coming over from San Francisco uh, and that Shanahan tree will help Stroud get off to a hot start. But I think the upside for all three is very limited in year one, if I'm being honest, and there will yeah. be things for all of them. So I would lean towards young for year one, Richardson long-term. They all have some talent. I do. I, I think this is just, this should be a development year for all three teams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And, and one last thing here before we head out for the day, because we're going to make this a nice short episode. We've seen the rumors with Jonathan Taylor. The Colts have given him permission to seek a trade. We'll make this simple instead of speculating too much. Do you think he gets traded either before or during the season, or do you think he rides out this season with the Colts? Uh, you know, he's probably traded before week one. I could see it. If if anyone would do it, it's Ursay because he has the history with trading for Trent Richardson right before the season about a decade ago. I know that that's a, a stretch and a deep pull, but there's not a ton of running back trades to go off. Uh, McCaffrey is the obvious one more recently. And my my prediction is that he gets traded at the deadline like McCaffrey did. Uh- I don't know. You just convinced me with the Trent Richardson thing that he's getting traded before week one and the Colts are going to get back what they gave up for Richardson. Oof. I don't know about that one. I don't know. I just uh, The Colts are not exactly helping themselves in, in getting any leverage for Taylor because – Ursay's basically gone out of his way to piss him off and belittle him and he's missed some practice and now he's got permission to seek a trade and it just I know that Taylor had a disappointing year last year compared to his all world 2021 but it's just not exactly the way you want to treat a star player or anybody but Ursay's kind of an asshole so there's a track record for that or do you think it ends up like 
uh, Delvin Cook where he gets shopped around and then just cut. Nah, uh, th there's no way. I mean, if the Colts do that, they should be sued for malpractice. They need, if they're going to give up Taylor, they need to at least get something in return, as pathetic as it will probably end up being. I know the running back market as a whole is at its lowest point in God knows how long right now, but I think I'm sticking with he'll get traded for a draft pick or two at the deadline. I don't know, man. Ursay just got handed the keys to being the worst owner in the NFL. I think he could make a splash here and cut Taylor. Well, you know what? If anyone would do it, it'd be him. I don't think he will, but I do see your point. With Snyder out in Washington, he had to stake his claim as the world or the league's worst owner. <laughs> well, anyway, that's all. Uh, that's all we wanted to say for today. Wanted to make it a nice short episode for you guys. We're going to be back next week. We're going to be discussing some breakout candidates. So uh, what we're meaning by that is players who maybe were rookies last year, but guys who are already in the league that won't be going into the rookie year like these quarterbacks are. We're going to talk about some guys who we think might be primed for a year two breakout, maybe a year three or four breakout, something like that. And then uh, two weeks from now, we'll be back with our big season preview for 2023. And we'll go through all the teams like we did last year and everything. And we're getting excited, guys. Only two weeks away. We want to uh, remind everyone to follow our social media platforms on Twitter or X now and Instagram at take a swig pod and to make sure to rate review, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform, share it with your friends, give us some feedback, but that's all for this week, guys. So for Blake, this is swig. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week.